1: This streamlined process will save you the time, money, and energy needed to concentrate on marketing and other creative content strategies before your item is in stock and ready for sale. Visit simoglobal.com to learn more, because a picture should be worth 1,000 keywords. You're listening to the Awesomers Podcast.
0: You are listening to episode number 122 of the Awesomers Podcast series. And you'll be happy to know this is part two of a three-part series with Troy Johnston uh, with Seller.Tools. And if you haven't already known our tradition, just go to slash 122 and not only can you find a transcript and the show notes and details, but you'll be able to find links to Troy's company. Um, so to get a special discount and advantage, and that advantage is provided by the Empowery E-commerce Cooperative, in cooperation with Seller.Tools. This is what makes uh, them a really great provider to uh, the community because. The nonprofit member-owned co-op, Empowery, is able to offer you guys this upfront discount. Even if you're not a member, you can save a little money right off the bat and those members earn a little cash back on top of that. So it's a great way to uh, support a brilliant resource and a necessary resource for an Amazon marketplace centric business, but it's also a great way to save money and support the the co-op as well. So we're going to jump into today's episode just from where we left off yesterday and learn more about defining moments in Troy's career and journey so far. Okay, everybody, we're back again. Steve Simonson joined again uh, by Troy Johnston. And we've been talking a little bit about his beginning of the origin story, where he came from, some of his university times and some of the project management. But uh, I want to talk about, you know, some of those defining moments. So as you you mentioned with A.J. Patel, uh, you guys were working at the same uh, uh company called, what was it? Travel Click? Travel Click. Uh Yeah. So, which was a a pretty large travel uh, promotion company, as I recall. And then you guys got the idea of, hey, we should spin up something on our own and maybe it's an Amazon type of business. How did that take shape with, you know, ASM or or whatever else that that, uh, folded into that equation?
2: Yeah. So we actually started to go down the rabbit hole of different real estate investing strategies. And there was a personality that was very heavy in the wholesaling model. And so we started gravitating towards her information. I actually had a family friend um, who was doing that at scale. I mean, he was he was very successful um, in real estate investing, more specific, that type of strategy. And he was telling me, well, hey, you should check out this this lady. And she's Driving a community, and she's you know really having this great following, and so we started to kind of gobble up her content and start to invest in some of her uh, some of her programs and getting access. And really out of the blue, the mention of ASM uh, came from her community. And the way that we started to get involved is you know we, we heard mentions of it, didn't didn't think anything of it, as if you're you're being pitched any honestly anything else, you know, and so she had mentioned that there was this opportunity where an angel investor who she's worked with for a long period of time would come in and give initial capital and want substantial equity in, in a company that would take part in this course and would just align with that with that angel investor and i said and the all that you needed to do to be eligible for this was just submit a you know submit us two or three paragraphs as to why you'd be a great fit for this and so um I, on a whim, I'm like, okay, let's do it." and so I put together a few paragraphs about how I did so well in, you know school and project management, my background, and you know um humble bragged my way all the way through that and so um i I got a call uh maybe not a week after that I did that, and she said that you know you've won, I want to connect you with this angel investor, um you know couldn't share names or anything that stayed stayed an angel investor throughout, and they're like, let's do this, um you know we're 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 serious about moving forward, and um, that's again with my more conservative background. I'm like, ah, I really want to like the rubber's meeting the road now. I need to decide in this, especially in this structure with ASM where it was. It, it's not for me what what information we had. It wasn't as validated, I would say, uh, as I think people people could kind of see now that there's all the success stories and examples. And so, um, yeah, a lot of a lot of conversations, a lot of conversations with my family, my wife uh, AJ in my ear saying, you know, you should do it. You should do it. Um, he comes from a far more uh, entrepreneurial background. And so of course he's encouraging me and I said, let's do it. You know, what's, what's the worst that can happen if my upside's, you know, 50, 60%, it's, it's more than I would have had not doing this. And so, um, especially then with her affiliate relationship and, you know, realizing maybe some synergies between her being involved and that, that angel investor, if if that capital is more of a, an open line of availability funds. And so that kicked things off. I, we had ASM access. Uh, I let AJ come in kind of for free, so he he got the benefit of nudging me in that way. Um, we've We've since uh, sorted all that out, but uh, that really kicked it off. And we were working full time at Travel Click and then on the side, really starting to build our brands. And I think doing it at the same time really helped. We were really pushing each other to be more aggressive, where there was uncertainty, let's let's test and see and really validate the model. And as soon as we saw some of our first products really take off, we couldn't throw enough time and money at it. Uh, it was just, it became what we did and that was- yeah, that. I love that. I, I, I wanna dive
0: more into it, but uh, let me ask you this. Um, how, how, did your, how did your parents feel about this idea? Did you include them in the early uh, conversations and, and what was their reaction to this idea?
2: You know, I, if, if I remember correctly, I think they kind of found out a little bit after the fact. Um, so, you know, especially because I didn't have, there, there was really no downside in the beginning, right? It, where it, I just I just have my, he's fronting the capital, I'm getting the course. Um, there's not really, it's it's really more of a evaluation of the upside and what I, what I potentially lose by, oh, what if I scale this? And that's, you know, a little bit further down in terms of shaking, you know, all that being sorted out. Um, so I don't think I involved them too soon, but that's a, that's a little bit of like, you know, kind of easing them, hey, I, I decided to do this. This is what the implications are. <laughs> Just the fact that
0: they weren't part of the, uh, the loop of uh, consideration tells us that, that maybe they wouldn't be uh, proactive in this. And even the way you did it with a very highly leveraged move into the space, mm-hmm. I, you know, of all of the ASM, and I know hundreds of hundreds of ASMers firsthand, I've never heard of one that had an angel investor that was backing them on their very first product. Uh, I know plenty who have you know, either buyouts or, or private equity now trying to be in business with them. Uh, but you started with that, which is hilarious. I know. Um, so, and By the way, I want to reinforce this point that you know, often when you start a business, people can feel isolated. They can feel alone. And you overcame that early on by having AJ right there by your side. And mm-hmm. especially if you have people who are outside the entrepreneurial focus that, where they're, they, they tend to want to help us, right? And they're like, oh, sounds risky. Oh, be careful. You know, oh, maybe this isn't going to work or, oh, can you trust them? There's a lot of this kind of natural protection that happens from outside your entrepreneurial community. Whereas other entrepreneurs who get it and who are part of it, they're more likely to be encouraging. That seems to be uh, to be a pretty nice feature that you had early on with you guys not necessarily being partners but part of the same movement. Uh, did you find that to be the case?
2: Oh yeah, oh yeah, and I mean I think it it definitely brought us closer as friends um, you know and where it was un- kind of unique for us is that we ended up being in the beauty space so we were we were actually competitors at some point, so there was always a bit of give and take I, I think it was definitely always playful, but you know there'd be times where his brand would tick up and then mine would tick up and You know, we look at, you know, suppliers and, you know, creating these clear lines of division, but, um, you know, he always liked my feedback on branding. I liked his feedback on growth initiative. Like we would always have that interplay. So I think that's, that's important, even if it's not with you, I, I, you know, in hindsight, the idea of, of a community of being open. And I think that's something with sellers nowadays, they have, they do have that benefit of whether it's Facebook groups, whether it's tighter knit communities is going somewhere where, you know, you feel that you feel that encouragement. You're seeking out information because, um, yeah, I mean, it's easy for me to take that for granted, but you're spot on. It's it's, it's something that in those early days where I'm like, eh, my, my, you know, my more conservative approach, do I add three products and can I kind of talk with somebody who's in the trenches with me and get some feedback?
0: Yeah, I, again, for those, um, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs also happen to be introverts and I'm not sure that the percentage is any higher than any other area, but we tend to especially if we think we're taking a risk, especially if we're outside of our comfort zone, we don't necessarily broadcast what we're doing. Um, in part, you know, we want to maybe preserve a little pride. Or, you know, If we fail, we don't want to be embarrassed or what, whatever it is. And I would just encourage people to find the, the community, find your tribe, so to speak. And now online, you can do it so much easier with the Facebook and, and so forth. There are so many places that you can get support and help and insight from others who are going through the same journey and likely who have already solved the same problems that you're struggling with. And that's, that's the, the beautiful yin and yang you talked about with you and AJ, you know, you're talking about his branding and he's talking about your growth initiatives. So that's a good thing. And I, 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 even though at the time it seemed very natural, I think that was a a unique thing for you. So uh, that's pretty awesome. How about any defining moments? When when did you know that this thing, because you said you are still working at the full-time travel click. When did you, Have that pivot point where you're like, maybe I'll do this uh, and not do the the other job.
2: Yeah, I think I think it was really telling for me. You know, one of the first products I had was was argan oil um, with the with a beauty brand, and it was really telling for me, especially at that point in time where when I took a more aggressive approach, and I saw that the product run, of course, and when you when you have ranking that generates so much more revenue, as as soon as I started seeing the real numbers come in with a single product, it was pretty clear to me. and I mean, not to, not to beat the same drum, but when AJ's was taking off at the same time, we were seeing, okay, if we take a, a, a less conservative, more aggressive approach, there's dividends being paid out, um, on a number of fronts. And especially with our space, uh, this is another thing that I think I'm very fortunate with is that it's, it's a lot easier to expand a line horizontally in the beauty space because there's so many solutions, you know, when somebody has a, a beauty regimen, it's very rare that it's one thing, you know? And so, it, it sort of forced us to think that way, which I think sellers always need to think about that that, port, that product mix and and the lifestyle that you can generate behind a brand. And so that was really a, a big inflection point is seeing one product take off and then seeing how that door wide open for, well, shoot, we can do multiple oils. We can address so many other things in the beauty regimen. There's a cleanser, there's a moisturizer, there's a toner, there's a, you know, there's just no shortage of things. And so having that validation quickly and seeing that I think was very it helps me to, to take an even more aggressive approach from there.
0: Yeah, I love it. I also, just to reinforce that, you know, that category is so beautiful because not only is there, you know, the, the potential sequential bundling of different products, but they're all consumables, right? So people are going to go through them uh, from time to time. And once they find something they like that works, that they're happy with, they kind of want stay, to stay with the same products uh, uh, over the long duration. And that really is what, you know, even where there's a lot of entrepreneurs who listen, or they may listen to even the words you've spoken, Troy. Where you're kind of collaborating in many ways with AJ, who's kind of a competitor. It's it seems it seems weird to to people outside, but I know a lot of people in all kinds of different categories, but including the beauty space, where they are literally competitors, but they work together on a regular basis because the pie is plenty big enough. It's growing constantly, and and together you can do more than you know, your real competitors are the, the L'Oreal's and the Revlon's and the, the big companies, not each other, right? And uh, did you find that as you guys were growing and both of you were able to grow and scale your businesses, did it seem, you know, kind of illogical that both of you can do it at the same time?
2: Yeah, I think that was always an interesting thing because our paths were very, very similar. And so, you, you know, you sort of think in that, in that sort of lack mindset, you think, oh, well, this isn't, you know, one, one has to win over the other all the time, you know, there's, there's only such a narrow window to be able to, you know, maybe thread that needle. Um, but I think that was, that was great for us. I mean, I think, I think there was probably a, it probably wasn't a stark realization when we were in the midst of it, but I think in hindsight, it's, it's sort of seeing that. Yeah. Like, and, and that's true in the beauty space. That's, that's true in the, the entirety of the Amazon pie that there is just so much room, you know, if it, if it keeps growing, even at the scale that it's at, it's at now and continues to grow, there's just still so much opportunity to be at.
0: No question about that. You know, just uh, recently, maybe the past week, I saw an article and it's like, you know, everybody should prepare for, you know, slower growth growth at Amazon. And they you know, they talked about the fact that Whole Foods folded in, you know, a massive, you know, quarter on quarter comp uh, or comparison uh, to the prior quarter. And and all I, I was just kind of chuckling to myself because they're talking about, oh, well, you know, instead of 30 percent growth or 25 percent growth maybe it's only going to be you know 18 to 22 percent growth and of course from a stock perspective maybe they they care about that I don't know I don't follow that stuff close enough but I'm just thinking to myself you know 20 percent on a 150 billion dollar business is extraordinary growth I mean it's just it's all the land-based retailers who are going well I have bigger sales than Amazon but I'm happy to grow two percent a year
1: you know, right.
0: they, they would kill for 20%. So the 10 X effect of Amazon's growth continues to give absolutely green field opportunities. Do you think that, uh, as, as you go and I don't know with your SaaS business, maybe not doing products anymore, but would you still launch a new product and a new brand on Amazon today?
2: Yeah, for sure. If the, if the opportunities there, um, I, you know, the, the approach that I have for product research is a little bit more nuanced, but I mean, it, it may give me a little bit more narrow sample set, but I think the the opportunity is still still there for a new brand to come on Amazon. And I think where the thinking has to go for the savvy seller is give Amazon what it wants to so do it, what, what it works there, uh, do sort of the 80-20 on Amazon. And then from the get-go, think about your omni-channel, think about where there can be other touch points where you could substantiate a presence, um, leverage different resources, uh, you know, Thing, influencer marketing, social proof—those are, those are there's such crucial pieces that are part of that equation. Off Amazon, um, I know some people like to use it on as well. Um, but I think doing the due diligence ahead of time. There's no that the barrier of entry is still uh, way too low for somebody not to be able to come in and still, whether it's a cash flow business, whether it's a you know a longer term uh, longer term play. I think both are still available to sellers today.
0: Well, I quite agree. And I think that's a, an important point to, to just drive home. You know, this is still the very nascent beginnings of the internet. Um, and notwithstanding the fact that, you know, I started selling online literally over 20 years ago. Um, uh, my first sale was in October of 2018 or excuse me, 1998 today being 2018 that 20 years mm-hmm. later. Um, and by the way, it was a, uh, a rug sale to Bulgaria, um, mm-hmm. for those uh, who wanted to know. And, uh, after we shipped the rug, which was delayed by the supplier for three weeks because we were drop shipping, uh, we got a credit card fraud notice, and it turned out that whole thing was a fraudulent transaction. <laughs> so uh, that was my first sale uh, into the e-commerce space, and we were so excited about it. And I'll be honest with you, by that point, we had made a few more sales, uh, and we were still excited even when we got the uh, credit card fraud notice. So back at that time, literally, the, the credit card company would send you a piece of mail and go, oh, by the way, that card you ran? Yeah, we're taking the money back. We're keeping the, the money, whereas today it's a much different. So the, that was 20 years ago. And yet, despite all of that length of time, I still think it is the best time ever to be in the e-commerce space today. It, whether you're starting or whether you've been going, today is the best opportunity because the next 10 years is going to be extraordinary growth. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think about that, Troy?
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it's still a great, uh, you know, I think, I think the the landscape has changed, but the opportunity, the, the the potential for the opportunity hasn't changed. So I think we'll see a lot of changes, changes of the constant. So I think that's a big piece for somebody coming in now. I, I you know, when, when you see somebody say, Oh, the, the opportunity's gone, it's just not what it used to be. I think they just haven't, they haven't gotten a firm grasp on the new landscape. And we, especially on you know again on our side of things with the data we even see the, the data changing and amazon's binary it's data driven but the data reflects that change and that's that's going to be a constant so just understanding what kind of sandbox you're playing in uh, accept the change but understand the, the potential and there's just that that, that leverage is so huge and I, that's that's the the macro landscape that we're all playing in is that we have all this leverage never before could you reach so many eyeballs with youtube with facebook with amazon uh, with so many people with one click, you know, one quick buys credit card information right there. It's just in that landscape, it's hard for somebody to be really too cynical about it. Uh, not to say that that's not out there, but um, but yeah, I think it's it's the next five to ten years it, we're going to see change, but the opportunity is still huge,
0: massive. I, I totally agree with you. Uh, we're going to take another quick break. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about some of the lessons learned. And maybe some of the ways that that you think that people aren't yet using data and using information in their business, uh, particularly as it relates to keywords and analytics and so forth. And we're going to do that right after this break.
1: Hey, Amazon Marketplace professionals, congratulations on your success to date. Your creativity, strategic vision, problem-solving, and discipline have allowed you to build your own e-commerce business. Wouldn't it be great if you had more time to focus on the things that truly drive the sales and growth of your company? Instead of getting lost in a dozen different services and countless spreadsheets, what if there was one system that connected to your Amazon account and automatically gave you the information that you needed to make great decisions and really impact your business? Persimony ERP can do that. Parsimony is the business operating system for your marketplace business. With Parsimony, you get true double entry bookkeeping, easy financial statements, full customer service tools, and item-by-item profitability, along with project and task management, and more features are being added all the time. Learn more at parsimony.com. That's parsimony, P-A-R-S-I-M-O-N-Y.com. Parsimony.com. We've got that.
0: Okay, let's stop it for there for today. And we'll pick up tomorrow where we left off, talking tomorrow about some of the big lessons learned. And I definitely just want to reinforce uh, how much I appreciate uh, Troy for joining us and spending the time with us. It's hard to find time in busy entrepreneur schedules. And uh, when they're able to kind of lend that support and lend that time to the Oscars community, it's always something meaningful. So this is the part two of a three-part series with Troy Johnston. And uh, as I mentioned before, at the top of the episode, this is episode number 122. And all you have to do is go to osmers.com 122. And again, remember that we have not only show notes and a transcript and so forth, but we'll have a special link that uh, will save you a little bit of money and uh, give you the chance to try out the tool. And get a little extra time, I think, even in the trial. So this is all that benefit is provided by Empowery. I have no affiliation or no personal financial tie-in. All of the work I do with Awesomers is just for the benefit of the Empower E-commerce Cooperative. So I say that as a full disclaimer, so everybody knows what's up. So join us again for part three tomorrow of our interview with Troy Johnston. And uh, don't forget again that you can go to osmers.com/122 to find today's details, show notes, etc. Well, we've done it again everybody we have another episode of the awesomers podcast ready for the world thank you for joining us and we hope that you've enjoyed our program today now's a good time to take a moment to subscribe like and share this podcast heck you could even leave a a review if you wanted awesomers around you will appreciate your help it's only with your participation and sharing that we'll be able to achieve our goals our success is literally in your hands thank you again for joining us we are at your service Find out more about me, Steve Simonson, our guests, team, and all the other Awesomers involved at awesomers.com. Thank you again.